and welcome to the Simple Politics Podcast. Uh, in the host chair today is me, Charlotte, and with me, as always, are my favourite colleagues, Tatten and Diane. How well, are you both Who's your favourite, Charlotte? Who's really your favourite? I love you both equally. <laughs> I, think, I think we know. Oh, you think it's you, though, right? <laughs> oh, I don't. Oh, no. It's just a little... I'm very clear on uh, who, who, who's popular around here and who isn't. I'm saying uh, nothing. I feel bad. We put you on the spot immediately. It's no spot. We know. We know. I'm very, like, where I sit on the packing order of, uh, of these things is a largely consistent part of my life, so that's nice. It's nice to know. It's nice to know where he stands. But yes, lovely to, to be back on the podcast. Yes been a whole week since we were last here it feels right. like longer to me can i just cut in here and say let's yeah, move on to the, reg- to the regular stuff before you two start prattling <laughs> on about like jam or the weather as long as we don't talk about the weather this okay. podcast i'm gonna no be really happy chat. okay okay so we won't no, okay. prattle. no weather chat good good um but we do before we get on to the regular stuff we do have a little announcement to make Ooh. that we're making here first Oh so, yes, we do. We do. We uh, do. This is this is this is very exciting. I I I hadn't realised we were going to announce this yet. I thought we were saving it, but we're going to go for it anyway. Um, a premature announcement from us is coming soon. Policy Odyssey Two: The Journey Continues. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, it is. Yes. yes. Hooray. <laughs> um, so uh, in 2016, gosh, so long ago now, I created a game called Policy Odyssey, which is where you are given cards that have prop that have you have given you are given four solutions cards, and then each and then a problem is put down the middle, and the problem might say podcasts are terrible, and then your four solutions cards might be just don't invite Tatton on, talk about football. Uh, listen to music instead or whatever and you play the, the solution card that you think works best and say why it's the best we've had it's largely been the same now since for seven years and we've completely the three of us completely rewritten it with all new problems all new solutions and uh, a bright pink case so you can play it on its own you can play it with as an extension pack you can do all kinds of different things. It's, it's, it's so exciting, and it's on spstuff.co.uk. Well, it's not yet. It's not for sale yet until we put it up. But it's coming, and it's really exciting. Yeah, and if you've got the first one, I mean, it's just uh, you've got to get the second, really. People do mm. love this game. I mean, I'd say if they didn't, because I'm, you know, I'm all sales all the time. But they genuinely do. They absolutely... I, I get messages all the time saying how people play it. It's part of Christmas tradition to play this game on like Christmas morning or whatever. Like people love it. People played it virtually during lockdown. People played it on Skype uh, or Zoom, whatever, Teams. Um, and and they loved it. So like, it's really exciting. We're doing this, another one. And uh, sell, 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 <laughs> bye, bye, bye. Gosh, I'm so, I'm such a corporate guy. <laughs> So there we have it. Lucky for you people who have listened to the podcast, you get this very exciting news before anyone else. Okay, so Parliament is in recess. In recess? That mm-hmm. is the right word, isn't it? It is the right word, yeah. God, I'm not, I'm not awake. <laughs> 
Parliament is in recess at the moment because it's party conference season, which I'm sure will end up coming up again later in the podcast. But let's first move on to our top posts of the week. So, Tatten, what has been our third most popular post of the week? They want to set up. In fact, they are now going to set up uh, rooms in Glasgow, rooms where you can go and take drugs, right? You take your own drugs in, you take them, there's, there, there's, there's safety there. And it was a woo and a boo post that Diane put together, and it's, it was a, the posts were done really well. And uh, the woos are, it saves lives, and the boos are, this makes a mockery of the whole just criminal justice system if we're going to welcome people into a space where they can break the law. Like, how does that how does that even begin to work as a legal system in the UK? There's more to it than that, but but those two like taking drugs is dangerous and illegal. So we're gonna welcome people into a room where they can put themselves at risk and and do illegal things when we know they're doing illegal What are the laws like that? But the comments were like, yeah, let's, uh, let's do this. Because uh, number one thing we have to do is save lives. If it saves lives, we should do it. I guess, I guess it's this, isn't it? So yes, taking drugs is illegal and dangerous. But taking drugs in a room with support people, support workers, health workers, that kind of thing, is less dangerous than taking illegal and dangerous drugs on a street corner with a dirty needle or, you know, whatever. So, yeah. That's the, that's the thing, isn't it? But you're right. I can't think of another precedent. Well, I mean, any other law, like we're going to put stuff on the table, and if you steal from in here, that's okay. I mean, then it's not even stealing because it's being given away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like I just, it joined up. Intelligent thinking policy is a good policy kind of understanding that your policy is doing harm and so alleviating that by undermining the law either drugs should be illegal or they shouldn't be i mean like i don't know it's so complicated and the reasons why people take drugs the reason why addicts move into this space is that it's so complicated this isn't the solution it's a way of helping Mm. people right now Absolutely. It, yeah, it doesn't solve some long-term stuff. And, you know, some of the interviews this week, the people there on the street in Glasgow, some of whom already work in methadone clinics and, and all sorts of things, say it's not a silver bullet. It's not. But it's something. And they are fighting a real losing battle with drugs at the minute. So, Yeah, deaths in Glasgow yeah. so in particular, in Scotland across. But it's also noticeable that the, the UK government you know, the, the Sunak government could have stopped it easily yeah. just by going, yeah, no, you're not doing it. And while they say they don't agree with it, they have not mm. stopped it. So there's kind of cross-party, a begrudging agreement that this is a sticking plaster that doesn't work, but we're going to do something right now. So yeah. it's on and it's happening. And that's mostly what our, our um, comments said. Yeah. And, you know, this is the first one in the UK, isn't it? But it's not new... It's not a new idea. They already exist in Canada and Europe and Australia. So, oh yeah, for a long time. Yeah, the term so, shooting gallery has been around for a long time. It's spoken about. 
in fact. The policy has been around so long that it used to be an acceptable term to say shooting gallery about it. Mm-hmm. Like that, that dates how long, just how long the policy has been around for. Because it's a horrific term. But there we go. So, yeah, we will see how this goes in the UK. Diane, what's our second most popular post of the um, week? Okay, second most popular post of the week. Just cover your ears, Tatum, for a second. It's weather. So <laughs> what? <laughs> it's that good old stuff that we just can't feel to talk about in the UK. And despite loads of other political topics, posts, whatever we do on a weekly basis, we put something up about meteorology, it will fly because people love to talk about it. And, you know, Because it turns out, (laughs) I think we're, you know, cool. And it turns out we're just Radio (laughs) 2. That's all we are. Radio 2 is pretty cool. I mean, the most listened to radio show in the UK... Yeah, but it's not like Wicked mm. Underground, is it? Like, you know... I don't even know what that is. It's, 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 a, it's a cool young people way of saying cool. <laughs> yeah. Mm, it right, might not yes. be that. I'm very happy that we're in good company with, the you know, people like Rylan on Radio 2. Amazing. Let's talk weather. Exactly. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. So, it was Storm Agnes. <laughs> The reason it was significant, this is the first named storm of our storm season for autumn, winter, 23, 24. So, you know, we, you never get to Z. We never get to, you know, that doesn't happen. But, you know, we'll probably get a few a few storms into the alphabet. And, you know, you were probably completely unaffected, Tatum, because I looked at the weather map and the southeast was pretty much like any ordinary day and yeah unaffected unaffected this is the last week of the county championship (laughs) cricket so i'm trying to follow the scores from across the country and i'm listening in and watching on as the storms affect various (laughs) cricket grounds because we're fighting relegation battle and it's all very very tense so to say i was unaffected would be untrue um (laughs) But this is this is the middle of the Venn diagram because you like weather. I don't know because it's British and boring or something. Uh, and I like weather because I'm exciting and like cricket. Um, and so the the, the 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 weatherness in the middle of the Venn diagram is the last week of the cricket wow. season and the first week of Whoa. the storm season. Those two coincides. worlds colliding. <laughs> two worlds collide. Storms From and cricket. From a political point of view, though, you know, some people did talk infrastructure this week. Are we prepared? Flash flooding, all the rest of it. Um, but I think that's one to to think about a little bit more when Parliament's back and we get more into into the autumn winter weather so there you go got it in also it's the other thing about the weather is it's okay because the cricket world cup is starting in a week but that's in india and uh so our storm do you know what b is do you know what no name for b? I'm, I'm gonna Bert, call it bertie Bob, i don't know oh, we did a post on it <laughs> bertie okay um, I never read out weather posts. Um, so yeah, it, uh, the Bertie won't affect the Cricket World Cup too much. Don't worry, team. Let's move on from the weather. Tatton, what was our most popular post of the week? Do you know what? This post, 
I was I was in Devon promoting my book last week, and uh, I was so tired. I was just weeping on the train, and this post came out, and I don't really know anything about it. So I'm going to ask Diane to talk about this post. Okay, that was a curveball, but yes, sure. Um, so. Um, <laughs> You might remember, it's probably about two months ago, I think it is around two months ago, there was a story that came out around um, a children's reception centre for asylum seekers in Kent, where it had like Baloo from the Jungle Book on the wall and Mickey Mouse and I don't know, there was a couple of others and there was some kind of diktat that came from for those to be painted over. Okay. And I remember like Robert Jenrick got lots of questions on this and like, why on earth, you know, did they do that? His whole thing at the time was that he said they take some older people there too and they weren't appropriate. That was his thing. But most people were like, why didn't you just leave those up? You know, what, like, ah, there was this, there was definitely some stuff around about the fact that ministers wanted these places not to be too welcoming okay and that was a phrase that was used they didn't want it to be too welcoming okay and the fact that you know Baloo or somebody was there you know on a wall yeah apparently that that was too welcoming so they got painted over particularly artists cartoonists people who who illustrate were particularly like you know, our whole business is drawing and making kids happy and doing things. And they wanted to do something about this that said, we, we do want to welcome children who are coming. You know, these are kids. So they got together, they got some funding. It was actually kind of almost crowdfunded. And they've made this book and it's got some pretty famous, like, you know, not just, you know, randoms who have put their hand up for this these are pretty famous and brilliant artists who've come together and made this book and they've done it all properly and it's going to be distributed to kids who arrive in the UK through refugee agencies and it's a real fun book there's one by is it Roger Hargreaves is that the guy the Mr. Men guy has done one you know there's some real cool stuff in there and so it's it's a response to a policy that happened and it's something lovely that refugee children are are going to receive it's just something nice isn't it like just just hearing that story like you've come to britain you've made it over this i mean your journey here has been horrid and here's a nice here's a nice book of cartoons that's quite british i mean all the people you've named here mm. are quite british aren't they so it's, it's quite quirky and it's got a very us feel and just, it's just a nice thing to do. So I, I just, the only thing I would come back on is there is a genuine need to make it tricky. We don't want to encourage people to come here through illegal means because people die. We have no idea how many people die coming across the channel because boats get lost. There's no recording of them leaving and they just get lost and all, everyone dies and no one knows. So if you were to make life incredibly wonderful the second that people arrived, people would text home and say, come, 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 come. Now, obviously, painting over a picture of Baloo 
takes that way to an extreme. And, and, and Robert Jemrick denies that's what was going on. I mean, who knows? But there is a genuine political question about what we can do to look after people well, but not do it so that they encourage more people to make that journey, right? Yeah, I think it's push and pull factors, right? It's both. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. We need to, the whole the whole system mm-hmm. needs kind of to be scrapped and started again somehow. I mean, like, I don't think we're going to speak particularly about Swilla Braverman this, this 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 week, but she's been. No, I'm, I'm getting shaky heads. We've had quite passionate conversations about what she's been saying, uh, the three of us this week. So I think I think maybe maybe we'll leave her. She just she she's been being quite fierce on people abroad. I just so just nice, isn't it? Just nice that we've got we've got a coloring book to give people. That's like when you arrive at Happy Eater restaurant. Do they have, they don't have them anymore, do they? Happy Eaters. No. 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 <laughs> no. I've never heard of them. Do they still yes. have Little Chef? I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah. Yeah. I think they do. They're few and far between though, I think. Oh, well, there we go. The important things. Right. What's up? <laughs> Next. Right, let's move on to the mailbag. So this is when you can ask us questions and we will do our best to answer. This week we're going to do things slightly differently because one of the questions we're going to turn into a little competition. Oh, a, a competition? Little, well, kind of. A little a little game show between Tatton and Diane. Um, so we had a question from Jill uh, via Instagram. She asked how many Labour MPs and peers and supporters uh, went to independent school or educate their children at independent school. Now, it's difficult to get good data on this so we are sticking with the MPs who were elected in the most recent general election and where they went to school and I don't want to presume why Jill asked this question but I have a feeling it might be to do with the fact that Labour this week announced that in their first term they will abolish charitable status for independent schools uh, which means that they would need to pay their VAT which is currently 20%. So, I'll first tell you both, I I don't know why I feel quite tense here, I'll first tell you both that in 2019, according to government and Sutton Trust data, in the general school population at the time, and is apparently roughly the same now, 7% went to independent school, 5% 5% went to grammar school and 88% went to comprehensive school. So that's that's the kind of bar we're looking at. So That's the figure. That 7% figure's been true for mm. decades, I yeah. think. It's always been the figure that you yeah. hear, 7%. Exactly. So it's probably the same now, but 2019 is the most recent data I could find. Okay, so now that you know that, or clearly you knew, already knew, all right, Tan, <laughs> what percentage of Labour MPs do you think went to independent school. Okay, so I think it's not going to be too far above that. I could be wrong, but I'm thinking Labour. I'm thinking those vibes. I'm just going to go, I'm going to go like 11, 11, 12, 11. Let's say 11. 11, 11 yeah. for Diane, 11, okay. Tatton, any advances on 11? Oh, I'm definitely advancing on 11. You look around the Labour front benches. 
like I know they're the party of the worker and they do have many more people who were in unions and who did kind of come through that route into politics but I think that quite a few of them are I mean Hillary Benn like he definitely went to private school I think Keir Starmer spent some time in a private school Yvette Cooper like these are these are Chris Bryant these big labor hitters uh, th- 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 there's a lot of private school out there. I'm, g- I'm going to go 25. I'm going to set a quarter. 25%. Okay. <laughs> and the winner of this round is... <laughs> Diane. <laughs> what? Uh, 14% of Labour MPs Ooh. went to independent school. So that is twice the national numbers. 14. But yeah, 14%. Mm. You're right, though. There's a lot of big names who did, but in the back benches, there's just, you know, tons who didn't. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Like, like I mean, uh, there's only so many ways you can cut data when there's not that many people mm. to be cut around, yeah. if that makes sense. <laughs> um, but it's interesting that I wonder of the front benches, Ooh, yeah. would, would that go up. then be overrepresented? Of the private, if it if it was fourteen percent of the whole parliamentary party, but then fifty percent of the front bench, that would be interesting. I'm not saying it is fifty percent. I don't know that, but it's interesting. It'd be interesting to see. I just, yeah. I also on on the private school thing, like I, it's such an interesting debate. Labour have now rode back. They're not going to get rid of charitable status on schools. Uh, that was the announcement this morning. This um, morning. Ugh. And they're going to they're still going to put put VAT mm, on, on things. No, not on fee. The schools will have oh, to yeah. pay VAT. Yeah. Whether they pass that on to the on to the fees is up to them. So, but moving to a better system, our current system doesn't work very well, and does mean that if you are rich enough, you are but you are able to buy all kinds of things. Um, and I'm not just talking about grades. As a secondary school teacher myself, I know that the amazing work that happens in secondary school classrooms, never in my secondary school classroom, that was always a failing state. But in other people's secondary school classrooms, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things happen. But there is all kinds of other privilege that comes alongside going, going to private school. But I don't think, I don't think it's mutually exclusive I think you can campaign for a better education system and still send your child to whatever school is the best place that you can get them into. And I say this maybe because, because um, well, two of my children go to grammar school. And I think that probably through my experience of being a secondary teacher, I quite like the idea of everyone going to one local school. But that school has to be good. And that school mm-hmm. has to be flexible. And that's that's probably my ideal. Is that everyone go, trundles along together to the, to, the, to a good local school? Yeah. But as that that isn't the system we've got, my children go to a selective school. I never taught in a selective school. Ideally, I wouldn't have them particularly because we'd all be hanging out together, right? But I have to play the game, and the selective school is the best one for my children. Mm. So that's where they go. Yeah, I think on the, it it is a tricky one because your ideal there of like everyone goes to your local school, 
part of me thinks that if there was no other choice, if everyone did mumble along to the, to the local school, then that local school would be made better because you'd have people invested in, like, th there's no other choice, it's that. Well, then perhaps more parents would make that school better, be invested in the local school, you know, make the changes that it needs to be up there. But but that's very idealistic, and I know that. I think, I think it is very idealistic, and, and when these arguments get played out, I, I understand this. The, 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 it's like, so what you're, the, the argument is that people who currently pay for their children to go to private school would then put that, would then pay money towards the school to help things out or, or, or whatever. But in fact, what you might have is the real school, so to speak, taking place after school. With tutors and... So, you could put, so you'd, have, mm -hmm. you'd have tutors mm -hmm. and sports clubs and mm -hmm. all the other things. All that money doesn't get invested into the school because if you're putting in however much money you spend on private school a year into a school for 2,000 people, 1,000 people, it doesn't make that much difference. So you don't do it. You find other ways that still don't help the people. But also... A lot of people do go to the to, 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 to comprehensive schools and they still put have that buy-in and they're still doing their best and they're still intelligent and articulate and able and creative people. So I don't like this idea, and I'm not saying that you're suggesting this at all, Diane, but I don't like this idea that, oh, well, the private school parents turn up, they're going to make the school a wonderful no, place to I... be in a way that... that but but the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do appreciate no, that's not the no, argument you're making. because... If there wasn't any differentiation, private schools wouldn't be a thing. You know, you're already by their existence, you're saying they deliver something that your local school doesn't, you know? So. Mm. And, I, that, and then should we be able to, I know this is nothing to do with the question, Jill, but I, it's a topic that I, that I find fascinating, like, because it's all, I like all topics, I think. Should we be able to buy better health, better education? Is that ethical or is it, you know, in fact, you're taking stre stress off the NHS and education system and it's your money to be able to spend it however you want. If you've earned it, you should be able to spend it how you want. These, these, are, these are deep questions that we're not going to... No, we're not going to Jill so doesn't care about. Jill just wants to know numbers and statistics. Charlotte's just yes, looking at me so... going, can we play our game, please? Um... <laughs> So, so the full numbers for Labour is 14% went to independent schools, 70% went to comprehensive schools, and 14% went to select selective schools. For In the interest of balance, uh, let's do the Tories. What percentage of Tory MPs do you think went to independent school? Tatton, I'm going to make you go first this time. Oh, um, 40. Diane? I'm going to go 35 because I, I, I think it is around there. Like the, Are you doing that thing yes. where you just undercut yeah, me yeah, by yeah. like a couple? So you've got the whole, that's, I mean, I've that's a low to 35. Okay, well, I thought better of you. Another drum roll here. And the winner is uh, Tatton. It's 41%. Oh, 41. Oh, yeah. He knows his 41 went to uh, independent schools. 42 went to comprehensive schools. And 16% went to selective schools. Um, so overall, all MPs, 29% went to independent schools, um, 54 to comprehensive and 16 to selective schools. Do you want to guess which party has the closest numbers to 
what is actually yes. the average yes, in, in the yes. population. Uh, I'm going to say okay. S- SMP. Since you're so keen, then... Okay. Tatton? Plaid Cymru. Plaid Cymru. I mean, it um, seems like, because it's obviously the SMP, given, given the number, like, so it has to, so I've got to say something different, so I'm going to Plaid. Okay. I mean, that's fair, because also Plaid Cymru is just included in other parties on this uh, data, uh, but it is the SMP. So SMP have 7, 7% independent, 86% comprehensive, and 5% uh, selective, which is almost And here's exactly. the question. Is it still 7% of Scot- Scottish people? Does 7% of Scottish people go to private school? Good question. This was the UK population. So in fact, when you're saying, so when you're saying it, that the SNP are closest, we don't know that's the case because they're in Scotland. This so is a good point. I'm just, I, I, find, I think this whole final <laughs> round void. Is that of what the quiz saying? is flawed. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Also, you don't know if Plaid, you don't know how Plaid fit. I think that means so, so we don't know. We don't know, Charlotte. Okay, no, I found, I found the answer. <laughs> In Scotland, 7% of students <laughs> attended <laughs> but it's always 7%. <laughs> it's always. It's always 7%. <laughs> In England, it's 8% and in Wales, it's 4% and it's less than 1% oh, really? in Northern Ireland. Yeah. So, so it's actually there we 8 go. in England. There we go. That's interesting. Anyway... Do we have time for another question or shall we move on? Uh, as long as it's a very quick one word answer, which it is because I've seen this question. Okay. We're going to do one more question. I'm going to ask it and we're going to answer very quickly, Tatton. Very, very quickly. Dave, Dave Smith asks, should an elected official be allowed to have a column or be writing for news reporting articles altogether? Yes. Yes, they should be allowed to do that because uh, writing is a really useful way of communicating. It's worth thinking through a topic. I think writing is a fantastic thing to be doing and they should be doing it all the time. I think that having a TV show is different. Uh, it takes a lot more time time out of you. But yes, yes, Dave, we should be able to read the words of our elected officials when we would like to read the words of our elected officials. Okay. Thank you. We are not going to discuss that anymore because we're already over time. We're going to move on to the third section. Set. We're going to move on to the third section of the podcast, which is Party Conference Watch. So, yeah, we're in conference season. We had the Lib Dems some days ago. I've forgotten what day it is, but it has been happening slash happened. Who's next, Tatton? Uh, we're going to conservatives next, and uh, let's just recap a little bit on the Lib Dems because the Liberal Democrats conference is just incredible because they uh, they're just debate, debating policy, and um, there was a big upset in the Liberal Democrat conference because one of the ways the Liberal Democrats have been winning by elections is by saying we won't force you to have all these mm-hmm. extra houses here. The Conservatives are going to force these houses on you. So the there was a motion to get rid of any housing targets from the Liberal Democrat manifesto so that they could say, you don't have to have all those houses if you don't want them. And the young Liberal Democrats said, we want to keep the targets, we need to build houses. So, so, so the, the, I'm not just referring to some of the some Liberal Democrat children, it's the group of young Liberal Democrats, the official youth wing uh, of, the, of the Liberal Democrats. And Tim Farron, the ex-minister, the ex-leader of the party, 
he called it Thatcherism and he shouted about it. He was, he was really anti this amendment. And then it passed. So they will have housing targets in their mm. manifesto, which is going to make it harder to win those seats fighting planning stuff. So really, really interesting. And it's really, and I love parties that really get into it televised at conference. And you could vote, if you're a member, you could be voting from home on the app like uh, to, on 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 the on the motions and the policies and what they decided actually goes into the manifesto it's an important part of the annual policy making process of the liberal democrats coming up this week we have the conservative party and it couldn't be further away from that the liberal democrat agenda is all topics this topic here and this topic here and this the conservative agenda is just a list of ministers names that's all it is mm-hmm. Because it is, there is no policy discussion. There is no voting. There is speech after speech after speech after speech. And I am so excited by it. I love a good speech. I like a good debate as well. I really enjoyed the uh, Liberal Democrats. It, some, some of the debates got a bit dull. I've got to, you know, some of them were like, how much do we love the NHS? We all love the NHS very much. No, but I love the NHS more. All that kind of, that's not debate. That's just, you know, posturing. But... This just all these speeches. It's going to be fantastic. I think. I think Wednesday is um is uh, Sunak Day. Is that right? Wednesday. Uh, yeah, yes. Final day. Yeah. So we'll have. Ooh. We'll have S- S- Sunak Day is Wednesday. Um, probably PMQ's kind of slot. So that's something we can all get 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 excited about. We're going to start hearing policies because the election is coming, and this government is drowning in the polls and they are coming out fighting with policy ideas so that's something to really that's something to i was going to say that's something to be excited about and i realized that that i'm not even joking because i'm really (laughs) excited about it but also you're listening going it's not something i'm going to be excited about so it's something for me to be excited about and for me to tell you about next week in an excitable manner Exactly. If if you're not excited, don't worry. <laughs> that, That's why yeah. we exist, is because we yeah. get excited and then we tell you what you need to know. Okay, so yeah, we'll we'll bring you more on the Conservative Party conference next week, but looking into our crystal balls. Tatten. What else is going to happen in the next well, week? Well, we've got we've got Labour coming up, we've got a Green Party coming up, but most exciting, we've got Policy Odyssey 2 going to be released uh, soon. Uh, when we get pre-orders for that, we'll let you know. And also, Diane mm-hmm. is going to revamp our nightly yes, news section. For on, next week? Uh, <sighs> uh, for next week. We've been doing nightly news since since, since we stopped doing began. briefings in the evenings of uh we start we started them because the covid briefings of the 5 p.m briefings i'm sure you remember um and then when when they stopped doing them uh diane was like we should do news i was like yeah no we should um and the what i like the, the use of the word we here diane does the news <laughs> i don't do the news. we we do the news um uh which is why it's one of the good posts that we do and always oh, going to be revamped and it's going to be very exciting and that's my crystal ball is that you're going to love it. I don't know what it's going to look like yet, but it's going to Perfect. be great. Um, <laughs> Diane, what's in your I, crystal I, ball? I, I'm just going to go with some themes, some vibes. Um, while Conservative Party conference is on, we've got a big series of more strikes. So there'll be, there'll be 
in the background, um, trains, more NHS strikes. And we've got this HS2 decision. We've posted on it. We've posted on it a little bit, but the HS2 decision kind of hanging on the back in, in the background as well around the northern leg of that. So, yeah, some good, yeah, topics, I guess, some interesting things about government spend and what we can do. Yeah. And we don't have Parliament back until the 16th of October, but there'll still be plenty of stuff going on in the meantime. So, yeah, we look forward right, so to... The, the big, just to kind of carry... Sorry, sorry, Charlotte. The, to, the big thing here is the levelling mm. up bill. That's what's going to come back to Parliament and that's what they need to... They've got some other bits and pieces to tidy up before we stop for the King's Speech in November. The levelling up bill's the big one. And HS2 isn't specifically in the levelling up bill. But if you're binning it, it's it's a difficult look. Because obviously, it's the link to Manchester. And they can't announce that they're going to scrap the link to Manchester when they're in conference in Manchester. They can't. I mean, it's the worst... It's the worst timing for this to be happening for them. And then they have to, because we all know the announcement's coming, right? It's not, we now, everybody knows HS2 is not going to Manchester. So they're not announcing it before conference, but then they're going to have to announce it before the levelling up bill. And then there's no good time to announce it. There's also, it's really expensive. So, if they're going to do it, if I'm wrong, and they're going to say, do you know what, this is a non-negotiable, they have to be able to stand there and justify that money as well. It is not, we cannot just slide down the path of least resistance into spending billions and billions and billions of pounds. We have to be clear what we're doing and why we're doing it, not avoiding questions, trying to play politics with it. Be clear, be honest, be open. What we're doing, why we're doing it. That's what I want. And we're already running over, so we're not going to have a debate <laughs> about that. But these are all things to look forward to in the next few weeks. So keep listening. And Charlotte is in Manchester. Charlotte lives in Manchester. So Charlotte will be there for Conservative Party Conference. And we'll be getting live updates yeah. from Manchester. Yes, definitely. I mean, she'll just be in her <laughs> office or bedroom, yeah. whatever. What like? But it'll still be Reading in Manchester. Reading the... the things from BBC News and then saying yeah <laughs> yeah live the in Manchester actual journalists <laughs> live, live in Manchester Charlotte yes right thank you for listening this week well done for making it through the weather talk um, lovely to speak to you as always Diane and Tatton and yeah goodbye bye thanks all bye 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 bye, bye, bye. just heard a stripped media production 